0: Well, it is an honor to be able to be here. Thank you so much to the elders for the invitation to speak. Um, Tonight's talk is going to be about singleness and how the church cares for those who are single. Um, The actual, in 1 Corinthians 7, at least in the ESV, the word that uh, the Scripture uses is unmarried. So I think that I'm going to try to refer to the the term unmarried quite a bit. We're going to start in the book of Hebrews at one of my favorite passages, um, Hebrews chapter 10. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to read verses 19 through 25 in just a second. Um, But I would like to just share a couple things. I really appreciated uh, Mike Booker's message this morning, and I appreciated Scott's uh, little comment on the song, There's Power in the Blood, right? That's what we were talking about. And so I want to, I'm not trying to one-up Mike, Scott, or anything like that, but just to kind of share a little story of uh, Pastor Scott and I in Mexico. Um, You know, one of the things I tell Scott and everybody else is absolutely positively in some of the areas we go, we will not go at night. We just will not leave. Um, We will stay completely locked away for the evening. It's way too dangerous for us to go out there. Uh, Where are you, Uriel? I think you were probably with us this night as well. I don't know. But it was probably about 9 o'clock and I said, Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do some ministering in this real shady part of town. And Scott said, I thought you just told me that we're not going anywhere at nighttime." time. And uh, we had an opportunity to go to a drug and alcohol rehab center. And you mentioned that this morning. And so I thought, well, I'll tie this together. And uh, I, I'll just tell you, I really appreciate the work that's being done in some of these areas. So we go to... Uh, Uriel, you remember we went to, um, what, what's the name of the place where where Barbara was, uh, wasn't it? I forgot, oh, Clamor en el Barrio, right? Yeah, there we go. So we went to this place, and I love what they have on the wall. Because what they have on the wall, I think, is so important. I mention it almost every time I speak. Old people like to repeat themselves, and I consider myself in the older category now. And uh, so it says on the wall boldly, and these people believe it and they're happy about it, Scott. And that is, the world says, once an addict, always an addict. Now, this is in Spanish, right? So I'm translating it for you. The world says, once an addict, always an addict. But we proclaim that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And that is the message of God. That we're not defined by our sin, we're defined by who our Savior says we are. And uh, one of the songs we sang there was, obviously in Spanish, and we did sing... Uh, we didn't do the eight times, there is power, 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 power. That, that, that one, Mike. But we did sing in Spanish, I poder, si, yes, sin igual poder, which is how you would say that in Spanish. Uh, you speak Spanish also, right? And I, I love it because in Spanish it says, there is power, and everybody yells, yes, there, in Spanish, si, all right? And, and then they say, sin igual poder which in in Spanish means there's a power that is without equal. There's a unique and only one kind of power like this. The power that causes the stars to shine, that causes the wind and the rain to obey, and that is the power that only comes from the Lord God Almighty. Right? So... Praise the Lord for His power, and praise the Lord for His Word. Real quick, I will mention this. I'm not going to try to set a record on the length of sermon, okay? But I want to throw out, before we get started, a few resources that you might like. If not, just erase this from your memory. But some of the books that I've really, really enjoyed is Practicing Affirmation, by Sam Crabtree, an elder at Bethlehem Baptist Church and author. Wonderful, wonderful book. One of the greatest neglected um, ministries, I believe, among God's people is the the ministry of just encouraging one another. This gives some very practical advice, some of which we might talk about here tonight. Um, number two is... Uh, a book by Jerem Bars. I, if those of you who know me might be shocked to hear me mention Jerem Bars. That's a joke. Uh, Jerem Bars, pre, uh, Learning Evangelism from Jesus. Absolutely love this book. Gives some very practical advice using different encounters that Jesus had with people throughout the New Testament. Uh, really enjoy that. And finally, uh, this will give us a segue into tonight's talk, and that is, if you've never listened to the sermon by John Piper uh, called Boasting Only in the Cross, I believe, you can just go Google that or whatever, however you find your content. Um, kids get parent permission. But uh go to there and look at boasting only in the cross. Now, I remember actually when John Piper was preaching that to a group of young people, and that is one of those sermons that I believe was just life-changing for me and for so many because he he preached this sermon to a group of young people in a place kind of like this, only much bigger. I think there were thousands of people. That's the seashell sermon, if you haven't if you know about John Piper, like look at my shell collection, Lord, and you know that's that's where John Piper that's the message from it. And this is why I want to bring it up because John Piper begins that sermon like this and he says something like this. He says, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have good looks You don't have to have a big house or a nice car. You don't have to have a high IQ, which means you don't have to be very smart. You don't have to have a high EQ, which means that you're emotionally very intelligent and that you are self-aware and all of those things. If you know what those things mean, if you don't, don't worry about it. He says you don't have to have all of these things to do great things for God. He says, "You just really have to know a. F- you don't have to know a lot of things. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't even have to graduate high school. Though so you should complete your studies, kids. Don't say, you know, the speaker tonight said it's not real important that I do my schoolwork, and I can still do great things for God. Don't do that, please. All right, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right." And study, right? So here's the thing. He, the point that he was making is you don't have to have all of these accomplishments and you don't have to have all the stuff in order to do great things for God, but you do have to know a few wonderful basic things and be willing to live for them and die for them. And most importantly, you have to know the one true and living God. That's how he starts this out. And what I want to say to this tonight in segue is you don't have to be married to do great things for God. Let you and I never burden people who are not married that in some way they are anybody inferior or somehow of less importance. In God's kingdom, this is Francis Schaeffer, if you're into those sort of quotes, who cares if you know who he is or not? But if you want some books by him, let me know. I'll send them to you or give you the names of them, right? Um, but he, one of his fav- one, of, one of the things he says that I just love is, with God, there are no little people. There are no insignificant people. And and I just want to say to everybody in this room tonight, and anybody out there on the lawn like Ernie, or I think Janet is up on that bench up there. Janet, we hope you're listening to us. The singing was great. I'm just waiting for her to shout hallelujah or something like that from back there. But in God's kingdom, there are no little people and there are no big people. We are all just people created in the image of God. And you are, and I'm not trying to be cliche, you are very special because you are exactly the way God created you to be in His image. Whether you are single, whether you are never married, widowed, divorced, you might be tempted to think that you might be of less value or less importance than those who might be married. Alright? That is a real struggle that people deal with. That your identity is not based on a marriage certificate. Your identity is based on your Creator who loves you and gave Himself for you. Amen? So, let us think about these things. Think about it. God has done great things throughout history through single people. People who are not married, who have never been married. Well, let's just think of some of them, right? Think think of some of them. Well, I don't know, maybe the Apostle Paul. Can you name others in church history? Yeah. Jesus. Others in church history? Anybody? Amy Carmichael. Joseph. All of these people and so many more did great things for God in their singleness. Amen? Now, I've, I run the risk of some people being upset with me, especially some parents saying, we want grandchildren. And you're up here preaching, it's cool to be single. Alright? Just hang on as we go through all of this, okay? The whole point of this is we need those of, of you who are not married... We need you, the church needs you, to use your gifts, talents, ability, time, money, and everything else to do things that are great in the kingdom of God. Don't waste this time in your life as someone who is unmarried and waste every bit of opportunity that you have that is unique to you as someone who does not currently have a spouse. Don't waste that time that God has given you. And those gifts and abilities, don't waste them, but use them to the glory of God. Amen? A church like Rockport must rejoice in the wonderful blessing of the families that we have. I mean, it's a blessing to hear a a young child, a baby over there talking back. You don't know. They might be saying Amen. You you don't know what they're saying over there, right? It's a blessing to see husbands and wives. It's it's a blessing to see families. But we should ask ourselves These things. We should ask, are there people in our midst who are not married? And are there areas, are there blind spots with us as a church? I don't want to leave out Heritage of Grace also. Are there blind spots or those who are unmarried if we ask them, and they don't lie to us, are there times that they might struggle with feelings of being inferior or somehow left out or not as important because they're not married by age 18 and have 20 kids by the time they're 40? Now, that sounds kind of funny, but I'm saying that to say... The the way you are and where God has you right now is something that is very special. And praise God and use, use your gifts and abilities and talents wherever you find yourself to the glory of God. We need to encourage those people. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest who is over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for He who has promised is is faithful. And, and this, this is the point where we're really going to camp on tonight, pun intended. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The word encouragement there don't assume the people around you do not don't assume that they don't need your encouragement right one of the one of the great great problems that we can face being in such a wonderful place like this where we're singing songs people are raising their hands people are excited about Jesus Is that we can mistake that maybe the person sitting next to you that that there's nothing going on in life that they don't need you to speak the word of truth to them and encourage their hearts. Don't assume that there's, that in this place right here, that, that there's not people that are deeply troubled tonight. You and I must be bold enough to go to them with the word of truth and encourage them in the word of the lord and tonight we 're specifically speaking about those who are not married and I again I want let, to let's just do just I know i 'm skipping ahead. this is probably like a this is ADHD coming out in me. I'm going to skip ahead in my notes and come back to it and probably repeat myself later on. But I just I want to show you, I want all of us to see here tonight just how important ministry to the unmarried really is. Okay? So if you don't mind, if tonight, I know some of you are getting ready to get married, but tonight, if you are unmarried, which means you might be widowed, Divorced? You've never been married? Would you mind? Would you mind just standing up and just stay standing for just a second? That includes all the kids, right? If you're standing next to somebody, if you're standing next to somebody with a baby, why don't you do the Mufasa thing, holding up Simba, and hold up the baby, right? Because they're part. The nursery, there you go, right there. Right on Pride Rock, holding up the baby. There we go. Now, here's why all the kids here. Now, take a look around at the sheer number of people right now. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. No, no, some people are going to be upset that I quoted a Disney movie. I, I'm sorry, all right? No Mufasa action here, but now let's just have those who are married. Would you stand? And look around. And tell me, tell me, is there a large percentage of people that you and I have contact with? that would identify themselves as unmarried. It's a huge task. From the nursery to the Sunday school class, and I know we don't believe in youth groups, but youth ministry, to the widowed. I'm serious, to the widowed, to the divorced, you can be seated. Folks, listen, there there's a there's tons of people out there who are who have been divorced and they struggle with their identity as thinking that somehow they are less in the eyes of God, and that is a lie. Yes. And you and I must, as the people of God, go to the nursery, go to the children's ministry, go to the Sunday school class. If you have a youth class, um, go there. If you wherever it is, and go. And encourage these people. Why? Because there's specific instruction to do so in the scriptures. First Corinthians 7, there's all, there's throughout Timothy and so forth. There is, there's direct instruction on how to train up young people and those who are unmarried. So. A church like Rockport, and I'm assuming Heritage of Grace, Though I've never been with you on a Sunday. I would imagine you've got families, even large families, and you're very blessed. Indeed, we must ask ourselves, and every church should ask themselves as believers, you and I should ask ourselves, as this passage encourages us to do, is let us consider... Let us consider how we might stir one another up unto love and good works. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to consider? That means that you and I have a task to do. We have some homework to do. That means after the sermon, or if you're ADHD, during the sermon, your mind is rolling through all these different things and you've got that gift that you're like, oh, let me take note of this. I'm considering this. I'm considering this while somebody's speaking. And so you're taking note. We're thinking about, we're praying for... And we're asking God to show us people in our lives that might be neglected. You know, that is one of those things as a church that we believe, as churches we believe, is that we should always be looking at areas in our lives, both individually as a family and, as, and corporately as God's people, and always reforming, right? Right? What does that mean? Always reforming. It means always looking at places where we might not be completely doing what's right and making adjustments, right? So we should be looking at, are there people right here tonight that church, we could do a better job caring for? If there are people that are honest here tonight that would say, you know... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. I've met with some people recently that said, you know, I just, I feel kind of left out. It's, every sermon illustration seems to have to do with marriage. Um, every single conference seems to have to do with husband and wife. There's a lot of talk about husband and wife. There's a lot of stuff like this. There's a lot of encouragement for couples. We talk about these things. And, um, you know, and it, it seems like every time we're together, we're just, you know, it's just like husband and, wife. and all of those things are wonderful things. But let's not forget that if you are unmarried here tonight, you are still very much very special in God's sight. And you can do great things for God. And brothers and sisters, those of us who are married, let us consider how we might stir one another up and encourage that group of people. Amen? So, we should be looking at where we might be missing the mark and go out and boldly encourage one another in the Lord. I'm just wondering if there are people here tonight that might feel disconnected. If there are people here tonight that might wonder, might might be thinking... Maybe I've missed God's will in my life because here I am at this age and I'm still not married and I still don't have children and I still don't have this or that. And that's going to segue into the second point that I want to make here tonight and that is I believe that there is clear command in Scripture for you and I in all things to be content with what we have and where we are. First Corinthians seven thirty two through thirty five. Do you want to turn that to that while I say this? You and I must be faithful wherever you and I find ourselves. First Corinthians chapter seven verses thirty two through thirty-five. Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man, there's that word, is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord how to be holy in body and spirit but the married woman is anxious about worldly things how to please her husband i say this for your own benefit do not lay any restraint i do not lay any restraint upon you but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion in the Lord he i mean paul says in in other places here that Let's just be content. I mean, most people are going to be married and that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's the greatest human relationship blessing that you can have as a couple, right? To be married. But let's not forget also that we should... Encourage one another to be content. What? Why is this important to mention? Do you and I model this sort of Christian contentment? Do we embody and encourage this sort of self-control? Do we encourage each other to be happy with what we have right now? Is it is it possible that you and I might knowingly or unknowingly discourage those who are unmarried by unintentionally leaving them out? Are there ways that you and I can celebrate the gift of all people truly and rejoice in God and what He is doing in them right now? Okay, please don't walk away from this and say, well, now the speaker says that we shouldn't get married and that's good. All right? No, what, what the speaker is saying, please let the hearer understand, as Jason said, that you and I ought to obey God and be content wherever He has us. For many of us, we're going to be married and that's wonderful in God's sight. But never forget this. If you're unmarried... And even if God calls you and gifts you to remain unmarried, please remember this, the Lord has not forsaken you. Use every bit of your time and talent and energy to the glory of God, married or unmarried, wherever you are, be content in the Lord and in His power and serve the Lord with gladness. Right? Um, It might be refreshing for some to hear that if if tonight you find yourself single, unmarried, well, just rejoice in the Lord for His goodness. Rejoice in the Lord if you're born again that He has not left you in your sin. Rejoice in the Lord that He's put you around such a wonderful body of believers. Rejoice in the Lord that we can be together at such a time, such a place like this, that we can sing together, that we can encourage one another. Don't become distracted. You know, and, and how does this happen? You know, like, I mean, it, it happens even among the people of God. You know, like, um, young men, um, don't become distracted and, and go girl crazy. Where you just you just act goofy and uh, and dumb because you're just like what are you doing like you're just falling over yourself and like your mind is just completely wrapped up in what you might have in the future and I know that that's a temptation and that's a struggle but focus your mind on Christ. The author and perfecter of your faith, and you'd be like, "Well, that's easy for you to say. You're married, blah blah blah. Yes, 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 yes. I, I, I get all of those things. But be encouraged in the Lord." One of the best pieces of advice I think, Scott, you you shared this, and you, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Paul Washer said this. One person was asking, "Well, what do you do if you oh, if Charles you Lighter. Charles Lighter? Charles Lighter. You know where I'm headed with this, right? All right. If you don't know who Charles Lighter is, who cares?" He would tell you the same thing. Ah, forget about it. I don't care if you know who I am. But Charles Leiter is a great preacher. And if you get a chance to listen to him, you should. Um, but he gave this ad- advice to people who were thinking, man, um, how do I know when I, who I'm gonna marry, when I'm gonna marry, all of those things. And Charles Leiter said, probably the best advice I can give you is, what did, what did God cause Adam to do whenever he was, uh, creating Eve for him? When God saw that it was not good for man to be alone, what did he do? He put him to sleep. And Charles Leiter, I believe, said, My dear friend, my dear brother, go to sleep <laughs> and forget about it. And then what did God do in his faithfulness at the right time? He woke him up and he created a woman specifically for him. Adam didn't have to go out and say, You know, I really got to work on my six-pack and... And I've got, to, I've got to go out and do all of these great things and I've got to, I don't know, get a pair of skinny jeans or whatever. Or not, no skinny jeans, I've got to be... Not anymore, you know, not anymore sorry. I've got, to, I've got to do whatever the cool thing is, have a big truck or whatever, and, and just try to show everybody that I'm cool and all of that. No, 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 no. Just simply trust and rest in the Lord. The Lord will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He never has. He never will. The Lord will provide for you. If the Lord means for you to be married, I, I, I just, I pray that you would pray and seek the Lord. Um, it's kind of like going back to here. It's kind of like going back to the Lion King. All right. Please forgive me again for quoting that. But Simba's off in the wilderness. You know, he, he you know, he finds Timon and Pumba and Simba comes and is about ready to pounce and, you know, eat the warthog and all of that stuff and they become friends and you know, and then there's Nala that shows up, right, because she runs away from home. This is probably a bad illustration. Don't run away from home kids. And because it's dangerous out there in the jungle and they are they're there and uh, and they kind of hint to Simba about hey well what what about her and he's like yuck and they you know all of these things they weren't worried about those things they were just trying to survive out in the wilderness what what's the example young ladies i i just want to say to you don't don't let a boy or a young man don't let a man be your treasure let christ be your treasure seek first the kingdom of god the Lord is the giver of all good gifts, and He will not leave you or forsake you. If there's any temptation that comes to you, we know that God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond where you can stand. And when you are tempted, He will provide a way out that you may stand up under that temptation. You and I serve a God who made our bodies, He made our minds, He made our hormones, He made our emotions, and He made all of these things. And He, he all of His creation, He said... This is very, very good. Yes, we're marred by sin. All of these things are are raging wars within us. But that does not neglect the faithfulness and the grace of God. So trust in the Lord. Don't become anxious. Don't worry. Don't fret. But trust in the Lord. Amen? Trust God. He will take care of you. Young people, we, we've already heard this preach, but remember be self controlled. Uh, learn to set an example in godliness. You know, if you're not married and, and all of those things and, and you want to just be guys, you're you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and, and there are some there are some really cool kids around here that I mean I listen to you talk, you guys are smart. I'm so much smarter than I was at your age. And you're respectful. And these things are wonderful. Let it be that you're just like setting an example for those people around you in godliness and likeness that you pray, that you love God, that you love your parents, that you love your siblings. And, and and seek after the Lord and know that anything that you need in life, and whether someday you're going to be married and have a family, or one day God's just going to call you to live in singleness for the rest of your life, you can know this without a doubt. God will never leave you or forsake you. And He's really the only one that you can trust 100% of the time. Amen? Now, how in the world do you and I love and care for the unmarried? Now, Mike Booker... Thank you so much. That was very convicting what you said about 1 Corinthians 13 today by replacing your name there with love. Am I looking at Mike Booker right now? Oh, he's over there. I'm looking at whoever that is. back. Oh, that's Tom. All right, yeah, yeah. Mike Booker, thank you so much for what you had to say. I thought that that was was wonderful and very, very, very convicting. That will probably be one of the highlights, quite frankly, of camp because it was such a great word. I do think that this applies. How can you and I love all people really, but tonight we're talking about those who are not married. I think looking at 1 Corinthians 13 is very important. There is something... Folks that this world doesn't know anything about, and that is love is patient. Love is patient. Earlier this year, uh, I was invited to speak at, a we'll just say an unnamed public high school uh, in the area. Not this area, but closer to where we live. And um, so they wanted me to come because of my job. You may or may not know what that is or care. That's fine. Um, My full-time job and the, my full-time job is I oftentimes arrest, prosecute, and supervise minors who break the law, okay? So the school wanted me to come and tell everybody, hey, you need to come to school, you need to obey your teachers, obey your parents, don't break the law, or we're going to get ya. you. know, And I'm like, I don't know that I, I'll tell them they need to obey, but do you mind if I also tell them just how very special they are and how important they are? And how their lives, all of their lives matter. And they were like, yeah, sure, but just make sure that they know that they've got to obey. All right, okay, gotcha. So um, I had this conversation because you and I, if you and I don't just like surround ourselves with fortress like walls, we're going to find friends and friends of your kids, and kids, you're going to hear your friends in your neighborhoods that don't go to church with you and they don't believe in God and that's and I hope you have friends like that. Parents don't hate me, but I hope that you have around you people that don't know God so that you can be of influence on them as a family, all right? More on that in just a second. So here we are, I'm speaking to this this junior high high school assembly and I, I talk to them about hey the world everybody else in the world will tell you there's really nothing special about you. You just kind of happen by chance and uh, you know, you're you just uh you're you're really nothing more than just a mathematical equation and all of that stuff. But I'm just gonna tell you I hope that you would believe me, that I believe that all of that stuff is a lie. And I believe that everybody here is created and that you are very, very, very special. And that your life matters and is very important. And, um, and I just, I encouraged them. I said, if you're struggling with that, I hope that you would come to one of your teachers. I happen to know some of them are Christians. Come to one of your principals, that sort of thing. And this, this guy came up to me. I don't know what we'll call him in, in our study. We called him Jimmy, right? John Blunt. I think that's the name we gave him, but that's not his name. But anyway, so Jimmy comes up to me and he says, hey, I know you don't know me, but my friend that you arrested said I should come talk to you. And I'm like, this will be interesting. And so, I, okay, all right. So here we are, uh, we talk, and he just begins to share with me. He and his friend both say this. It may surprise you. He said, neither one of us have adults that will talk to us. This may surprise you, right? Now keep in mind, these aren't like... These are athletes, right? I'm trying to paint a picture for you that you see. These are buff dudes. These are not, you know... don't, Don't get that other image in your mind or whatever. But they come up and they say, we don't have any adults to talk to. When they're scared, when they need advice about something, they don't have anybody. And so they begin to talk to me about the fact that They're really struggling with suicide. They're really struggling with not feeling important that they don't belong. I don't know if anybody here struggles with that, but in a room this size, I would imagine yes. And I would encourage you to please, number one, seek the Lord, but also know that you're not alone and know that there are people here, like your pastors, that love and care for you and would love for you to come share that with them. No judgment. No fear. Just full acceptance. Right? Yeah. Right, Warren? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So my point in telling you this story about these guys that came up and talked to me as church, you and I have a ministry to this unmarried group also that exists with outside the from outside the church that your kids are going to have contact with that live in your neighborhood that maybe live next door to you. This is really funny. We found out just a couple weeks ago that um, that we've had a neighbor live next door to us that are, they're believers, and they've lived next door to us for over 13 years. We didn't even know they lived next to us. We didn't know their names. How sad is that? So, But there are people all around us that God puts in our paths. And you say, well, what does this have to do with singles? Well, it has a lot to do with it. These are high school kids. These are 16 and 17-year-olds that you are going to have the opportunity to minister to if you and I will just simply open our eyes and see the open doors for the gospel that God puts around us. And I'm going to say this to the children. How in the world can you be involved in caring for single people or unmarried people? Now, children, please listen to what I'm about ready to say to you. I know you've been here a while but I'm going to try to make this quick. All right? Young people, and I'm talking about children of all ages, please get this. You can do great things for God through His power. Okay? And I'm going to tell you specifically how you can do that. One way. All right? Now, don't believe the lie of the world. Like, I might make some people mad by quoting Veggie Tales. (laughs) Have you seen Dave and the Giant Pickle? <laughs> the adults have. I don't know, but have you seen Dave and the Giant Pickle, Veggie Tales? any kids? Wow. Or I should have saved this illustration for the adults. But in here, so Dave is, what is Dave? He's an asparagus or something like that. And the Giant Pickle represents Goliath. And Dave delivers some pizza to his brothers out in the desert. And, uh, you know, Here's Goliath, this big giant pickle, says, "Who will fight me?" and and all the brothers are sitting there eating pizza, and like they had pizza back in the desert in those days, but they're eating pizza, and uh, and Dave's looking around, saying, "Guys, th- this guy's mocking the God of Israel. What are you doing? You're just sitting there eating pizza," and he says, "Who will fight me?" and here's little Dave, right. And he says, I will fight you. And like the guys spit their pizza out and they all start laughing. And Goliath, the pickle, he starts laughing. And he says, um, You know, like, guys, you, you can't just sit there and mock the God of Israel. I, I'm going to fight you. All right now don't get into fights. All right, that's not what I'm saying. But here's what his brothers said they were like, Dave. This is stuff for big people. Leave the big things for big people and, and this, and you do things for little people. Well, I'm gonna say kids, here's some ways that you can do big things for God when you go home and you're around friends in your neighborhood. You might be playing basketball. You might be playing Frisbee. You might be at the swimming pool. I don't know, whatever it is that you do in your neighborhood. Right? The Lovings, you guys are down at the park, and you probably have some interactions with some very interesting people in those park areas, right? The Jacksons, you probably know some of those people. Um, and so I want to say this real quick to the kids. How can you care for friends? How can you care for friends? Get to know your friends and their families. Get to know their names, okay? Number one, don't forget this. Number two, pray for them. Pray for them. Uh, Have you caught on yet? Church, this is what we should be doing for others that come in within the church as well, right? No single person out there that might be struggling or something, get to know them. Get to know their names. Get to know their stories. Pray for them. Kids, be a good example. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. Be patient with them. Be kind. They may say words that you're like, oh man, if I said that word, my parents And That's a good thing, right? But set an example for them and be patient with them, right? And just listen and and, and and obviously don't do the bad things that they might be doing or saying, but get to know them, hear their stories, and listen to this. Talk to your parents about them and pray with your parents about your friends and their families. You can do great things for God. And I'm talking to the little kids here. Please remember this. You have a great task to do. When you go to the park, when you go to Six Flags, whenever you go wherever you go, and you encounter other kids just like you, pray for them with your parents. Tell your parents their story. And here's another great way that you can be of great service in the kingdom of God. If you hear something that your friends say, and you hear that there's something dangerous or something wrong, and you're like, whoa, this is not right. Never be afraid to go to your parents and tell them every bit about it and pray with them and ask your parents, what can we do to help in this situation? Be used by God in this way. There are no little people In the kingdom of heaven. Kids, you are very important to the God that created you. Teenagers, you are very important to the God that created you. If you're here tonight and you are divorced, you are very important to the God that created you. If you're here tonight and you have never been married, you are very important to the God that created you. Your lives matter. This is not a political statement, right? Give glory to God for wherever you are in whatever state you might find yourself. And encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And I'll close with this. Here's the example. I am over. I'm sorry. What does it mean to encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching? Well, the days are evil. There's no doubt. You and I are getting older every day. Even kids, you're getting older, getting more gray hair. Warren's got gray hair. Praise God. Right? We're all getting older. But you know what? As we're getting older... And and here's something else to keep in mind. The Lord Jesus is returning. And he's coming again, and he's coming soon. And as we see the day approaching, whether it be the day of our death or the day of the Lord's return, let's get busy figuring out how we can encourage one another. Every single person, more than just single persons. I'm talking about married people too. Parents, encourage your children. Children, encourage your parents. Let's be let's be the people of God that encourage one another, that love one another, that serve one another. All the more as we see the day approaching. Well, what does that look like? Well, there was some encouragement going on during tug of war. I mean, there was screaming and shouting, tug, 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 everybody. And... You know, that, that, that was encouragement, right? They were like, come on, pull, pull, pull. We had a common goal. We were going someplace. Um, I remember one time um, being in Mexico and I was running a half marathon. And um, if you couldn't tell, I'm white. And uh, I was the only white guy in Mexico running this race. And uh, here, I you know, I'm about a mile 11 and I'm, I'm tired. Right? They said, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy for those of you who run. This is all flat. Mexico in that area is flat. But right across the border, there's these bridges that are, they, they build them like Texas, so they're like mountains. Well, they had us run the bridges, these overpasses. And I'm like, nobody told me we're going to be doing that, so about mile 11, I am like exhausted. And I'm thinking, I'm going to throw in the towel, I'm done. But there was this guy standing right on the road and he could tell probably, I don't speak Spanish, but you know, he's over there and he's, he's going, he's just yelling at me like almost face to face. He's not in the race. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. And he's yelling, ánimo, 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 which in Spanish means what? Does anybody know? Encouragement. And so he's yelling, be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. And I'm like, this is so cool. This will be a sermon illustration one day. And he's, ánimo, ánimo, ánimo. And he says, recuerdes que somos más que vencedores en Cristo Jesús. And I'm like, whoa. He just said, remember that we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And I'm like, this is really cool. What in the world is this guy doing? But he's standing along the side of the road, yelling and yelling and yelling, be encouraged. And folks, what a beautiful picture that you and, and and a beautiful opportunity that the Lord has given all of us to serve one another in the same way. Yeah, I don't suggest getting in somebody's face and yelling at them all the time. Maybe sometimes it's going to be important to do. But when we look around and we see the effects of sin, when we look around and we see the discouragement on people's face, when we look around and we see people that might be left out, they might feel like that they're less important in God's kingdom, it's our responsibility to consider, consider how in the world can I be used of God right now to go in love with patience and go and encourage, serve that person through a word of encouragement that gives glory to God and uplifts my brother or sister, no matter how old, no matter what marital status, right? to the glory of God. Amen? So, I asked Brian, I can't see, is that you Brian? Thank you. There we go. I asked him to put some words up here and maybe we could just sing as we close. Because um, I bring this up that folks, I do believe that oftentimes those who are unmarried, meaning the youth, meaning the nursery, meaning the widows, meaning the uh, the widowers, right? And uh, it can be a large neglected group by society. Those who are divorced can be very, very much forgotten, passed over. I've just seen it happen. I've done it. And I began thinking... Um, We need to pray for these people. We need to pray for these two kids that I explained to you about, that they're struggling. They don't have people regularly in their lives encouraging them. You and I could probably start listing off names of families, maybe even church members or friends or other family members who are sinking down. We need to pray for them and encourage them. And I just I love this song. And I know that we thank you guys for leading us the other day. And I think this might be a good way to close this. That as we look around and we see our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers and we see friends, we see them sinking down that we consider how we might pray and seek the Lord that He might shower His blessings upon them. So I'll end with this and then we'll stand and we'll just sing this a cappella, okay? And that is, you don't have to be married to do great things for God. You just have to know Him. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. And as Keith Green says, God will take care of the rest. Amen? Let's stand.